What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today. As the Dubs open up preseason basketball with a loss, but plenty to take from that game. Uh, The injuries keep mounting up, and then we got roster review part seven. That's all coming up next. You know, Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's going on? Hope you all had a great weekend. I uh, had a good one myself. Thanks for sticking with me. I was actually out of town. That's why getting your first podcast here on Tuesday. Trying to get all my vacay in before the season starts, because once that starts, it's uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. That's it. That'll do it. Um, but over the weekend, Dubs played their very first preseason basketball game, and it was... Uh, It was what I expected, especially with Draymond's comments the day before where he basically said, you know, I bet we're going to look awful tomorrow. But, you know, it's only preseason game number one. But he he warned us. He warned us. And he was right. Again, not going to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, First game in the new Chase Center, Steph decided he was going to put up a 40-footer. First play of the game, airballed it. It was pretty funny. Uh, but Steph was fine, went 5-11, 1 of 5 from 3. D'Angelo Russell struggled in his first game. He did have a couple of assists um, in his ball handling, you noticed. Uh, another thing you notice is he plays slow. He plays a lot slower than the Warriors are used to. So there's going to have to be an adjustment on both sides. Warriors are going to have to play at his pace certain times, and he's going to have to speed it up a little bit. So there's going to be a, uh, a middle ground that they're going to have to reach. Um, but he went to a 9-0-4 from three, four points. So not a great start for him, but obviously, like we've been saying, it's the first game of preseason. You know, once he does that in the regular season for a month straight, then I'll be worried. But right now, it's just the first game, so not a big deal. No one really played that well in the starting lineup. Uh, Amari Spellman forced to start with the injuries to Kevon Looney and Willie Cauley-Stein. He didn't impress much. I mean, you did. he did go... Uh, two of six from three, so you saw him knock down two three-pointers, and you can see that the shot is, it's there, it's real, uh, but still, he's got to, you know, continue to work on getting in better shape, and then for a guy whose game is jump shooting, he's going to have to make them. You know, it's that simple. Uh, there were some positives, though, as far as the rookies were concerned. Eric Pascal looked natural. He looked smooth out there. Uh, he had 11 points, was uh, one of one from three. Big physical guy. Uh, high IQ, all that stuff. So you could see him fitting in well. And then the, I guess the best one is is Jordan Poole, who went 5 of 11, 4 of 9 from 3 for 17 points. Another guy who looked smooth. I mean, the, the jumper, he was hitting him. He played well. He was hitting jumpers. And he's not afraid to shoot, which is good to see, especially considering the Warriors have had guys. You know, you've heard me and anyone else talk about it. They've had guys that were basically afraid to shoot. They had veterans that were afraid to shoot. So getting a guy in there who's a rookie, who's a gunner, uh, you know, no conscience, going to just keep shooting, 
it's a positive, and you know what? At times, it's going to be a negative because he's going to shoot whether he's, uh, you know, four or five from three or oh, a five from three. He's going to keep putting them up. So he's a guy who will project to be inefficient, I'm sure, in his rookie year, but he'll also have games where he helps carry the team, where he goes, you know, four or five from three and puts up, you know, almost 20 points or something like that, where his his contribution will be huge off the bench, but he'll also have games where, you know, it's almost an offer. So I'm excited about him, but there's going to be a mixed bag as far as his rookie season is concerned. But this was one some of the positives that we saw was, was in that first game. And that's about it as far as the first preseason game goes. Nothing big really happened. It was pretty inconsequential. Uh, the Lakers uh, Twitter account sent out like a warning to the NBA after the Lakers had a good first half, which uh, that will definitely not come back and blow up in their face. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. One player I do want to mention, though, is Marquise Chris, who was solid. He wasn't great, but he showed flashes. He was 4-6 from the field, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 points in 14 minutes, and he played 14 minutes because he fouled out in those 14 minutes, which is a problem. But the, one of the reasons why he was playing is because of the injuries to three of their four centers, the, the injuries to Willie Cauley-Stein, Kavon Looney, and Alan Smilagich. So it's just interesting because Looney will be back soon. Cauley Stein's out throughout November, and then Smiley Geach, who knows how much he'd even play when he's healthy. Uh, I, I still suspect a lot of his time will be in the G League. But Marquise Chris does some, he's skilled. He was a top 10 pick a couple years ago. I know he's flamed out with other teams. But the bottom line is he does some things that the Warriors can use. He's an aggressive in the pick and roll, aggressive diver to the rim. There are things he does that the Warriors, like I said, can use. He's versatile enough that he can play the four and the five. Now, any normal circumstance, they could just sign him as their 15th man on the roster. But because the D'Angelo Russell trade hard capped the Warriors, they don't have room to do so. So if they decide that he's good enough to put on the roster... They're going to have to cut Alfonso McKinney, who's the only player with a non-guaranteed contract, or have to find someone to be willing to take on one of their guaranteed contracts in a trade, which is not going to be easy. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Again, do they just decide we're just going to have to go short the center position for a while until everyone's healthy? Because even though McKinney didn't have a good first preseason game, he started at small forward, and he's the only true small forward they have. You know, I'm penciling him in as the starter, um, depending on what happens uh, with with Marquise Chris and other positions, etc. But it's basically, do you decide to go short, both literally and figuratively, where you only have Amari Spellman as a quote-unquote true center, which, I mean, he's not really a true center. He's... He's about 6'9", you know, 270, 275, whatever. That's not a true center. And his game is is more of a, you know, pick-and-pop type player, a stretch-five type player. And then behind him, who do you have with all the injuries? Who do you have? Draymond, who you don't want to be playing at center much. Uh, Eric Paschal, who they've kind of worked out there a little bit uh, because of the injuries. 
Now, the good news is Kavon Looney is getting closer. He will be back by the time the season starts. Willie Cauley-Stein is going to miss time. And then Smiley Geach, we don't know. He was in a walking boot at the open practice the other day. But there's, you know, it's just, it's tough to tell what's going to happen with the center position for a number of different reasons. And none of the outcomes would surprise me. Whether they decide to move on from someone and sign Marquise Chris, or whether they just decide to go short and deal with it until the other guys get back. We'll just have to wait and see what they decide. Bob Myers, or excuse me, Steve Kerr said in, in uh, uh, his availability was just like, you know, I, I, I know we're in a tough spot. I'm just glad I'm not the GM because I don't know how we'd figure it out. So Bob Myers has some things to figure out. So does everyone else. The Warriors injuries are a problem right now, especially considering they just have such a small margin for error this year. And you heard me mention, obviously, all the centers. Kevon Looney, Willie Cauley-Stein, Smiley. And the latest one is Jordan Poole rolled his ankle in practice. Uh, the other day and haven't gotten an update as to how long he'll be out or anything like that. But just, these are the things that can derail this team. The, the margin for error is so small. I mean, we talk about injuries to the big guys, but even to the role players, it's a, could be the catastrophic ones are the ones to Steph or Draymond or D'Angelo Russell. The ones to the role players are bad and can still derail, uh, you know, your success against certain teams. So, bad injury luck to start the preseason, but again, none of it's so bad that none of it Clay Thompson level bad. Speaking of Clay, we are going to continue our roster review starting with him in just a minute. But first, Indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com. When entering locked on at checkout, enter L O C K E D O N at checkout. The Warriors did have their open practice on Monday, which is always fun because it's, you know, you get the shenanigans of making the rookies sing. Draymond had Jordan Poole do the Michigan State fight song, all that good stuff. You couldn't really make out the songs they were singing. But one thing is for sure with this team that I think the fans are going to love is. Just tons of personality. The the new guys, the rookies, have it in spades, whether it's Pascal, uh, Poole, even Smiley, all have a ton of personality. Steph, you know, is always having fun. Draymond is uh, the the angry fun type. So it was a, a fun sight to see. Uh, Clay Thompson was almost there, almost also there, uh, not in a walking boot or anything. I mean, he's obviously far from being able to do anything, but just the fact that he's walking around is always a good sight to see. Willie Cauley-Stein was out of the walking boot, but we also know he's out throughout the month of October. Um, but he, regardless of the success on the court, this is a team full of personality, and uh, I think they're going to be a lot of fun to to watch and just enjoy. It's it's a re- it's refreshing. It's different than it's been over the last couple of years. There's been a tenseness around this team, and not because they didn't like each other or anything, but just because when you're solely focused on winning a championship, when it's championship or bust, it's you know there's a lot of pressure on everything. So there's a a looseness with these guys that's fun to see. Speaking of Clay Thompson, he is going to be the next player in my roster review. Uh, as we all know, he is out until the All Star break, and. 
There are scenarios where we might not even see him this season. But even in those scenarios, I do still think that you could use those last couple games to get him a little bit of run. But then are you in the situation where you're trying to angle for a better draft pick? All those things could come into play uh, later in the season. But we won't know until then. But I want to look at last year, Clay Thompson playing 78 games, averaged 21.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 40% from three, 51 from the field, and only 81 from free throw line, which is a career second lowest. So we all know he struggled early in the year, and that's why his three-point percentage was just above 40. But we also knew when he was struggling that eventually he'll get hot and he'll be back above 40 once the season's over. He balled out in the playoffs, in game six against Houston, in game six against Toronto before uh, he got fouled by Danny Green on that fast break and tore his ACL. I strongly believe that if he did not get injured, they would have won game six, and then you got a one-game playoff for the championship, and who knows what would have happened. But, you know, it did happen. He did get injured, and the Warriors lost game six, and game seven never happened, and Toronto Raptors are the champs. Clay Thompson also signed a five-year, $190 million max contract uh, this offseason, and, man, I feel bad about the ACL, feel bad about the rehab, but if you guys follow him on Instagram, he is living his best life. He is doing just fine. Uh, you know, helicoptering down to Santa Barbara, f- you know, for the day. A little beach time with his uh, celebrity girlfriend, then back up to Oaklandish to release his new shoe. Uh, which, by the way, Kavon Looney, now part of Anta as well. And uh, I don't know if Jacob Evans is. He was at least there at the shoe release. But Kavon Looney officially uh, a sponsored athlete of Anta. So shout out Kavon. Uh, but Clay, as far as this season's concerned, as good as last season was, you know, it ended as poorly as it possibly could with a torn ACL in the, the last game of the year because it puts him out for most of this season. And the best case scenario is the Warriors are, I don't want to say treading water, but they're in playoff position when Clay's able to come back and he's the, the you looked at as the, the big buyout guy, you know, like not that he's bought out, but just like the major addition that you get late in the year to put you over the hump. That's the best case scenario. And we all know it's going to be after the all-star break. They've already said there's even if he's a hundred percent tomorrow, we're waiting until after the all-star break. So there's no point in wondering about it until then, but best case scenario, like I said, warriors are fighting for a playoff spot. And then clay comes in and is just a major boost for those last 25 games. Worst case scenario, Warriors are bad. They've had injuries. They're out of it. They don't have a shot at the playoffs. Clay comes back, maybe only plays a handful of games just to kind of get a little rust off. And we're getting ready for the next season. I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry with Clay. There's not a ton of wiggle room here as to what his season is going to be like. If you gave me the over-under 20 games that he'll play, Whew. 
I guess as an optimist, I'll say over, but that's not that's not with a ton of confidence. So we'll just have to wait and see as far as not just his rehab, because I do think he'll rehab fine. I mean, ACL rehab, it's it's not routine or anything, but it's 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 much more routine than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. So I think he'll be fine to come back eventually, but it just depends on where the team is at when he's ready to come back. The person who is going to be replacing Clay in the starting lineup and uh, hopefully on the scoreboard, too, I mean, it's really what they're going to need, is D'Angelo Russell, and we're going to do his roster breakdown in just a minute. D'Angelo Russell is a 23-year-old all-star who really found his place with the Brooklyn Nets last year. Uh, He averaged 21 points, was... I don't know if he was a cast-off, but the Nets took a shot on him when it wasn't working out in L.A. And he helped take the Nets to the playoffs last year. They did win 42 games, and he made the All-Star game as a replacement. So there are some varying opinions on him. Some see him as the 23-year-old All-Star who's an ascending superstar and is great. Some see him as a guy who had a nice season somewhat inefficient, and was just a replacement player in the All-Star game. As far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at the latter. Maybe it's just because I'm a a Warriors homer, but at the same time, when you have a 23-year-old who averaged 21 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, and was 37% from 3, joining Steph Curry and Draymond Green, and eventually Klay Thompson, it's hard for me to think he's going to be worse. Part of the thing with D'Angelo Russell last year, he did not start out very hot. He struggled a little bit, but was a consummate professional and great teammate during the times where he might not be on the floor towards the end of the game. And once Karis LeVert went down, that's when D'Angelo Russell's responsibilities picked up. And he really started to take over for the Nets. And he's going to have a lot of responsibility with the Warriors. It's going to be split with Steph. And I'm sure there will be a a significant stagger with these two. But the bottom line is, even with, no matter how significant the stagger is, you're going to have the two guys, you're going to have the $40 million player and the $27 million player on the floor at the same time at the end of the game. It's not as if D'Angelo Russell is going to be sitting in crunch time. So they do have to figure out how to work together uh, best. Uh, because there's, it's unavoidable that they're going to be playing together, even with a significant stagger. And one of the reasons why Marquise Chris is so interesting is because he's a good pick-and-roll player. And that is D'Angelo Russell's kind of elite tool, is playing in the pick-and-roll, decision-making out of the pick-and-roll. And that's part of why they brought Willie Cauley-Stein in with him being out for a little bit. That's why Marquise Chris is interesting. I do think it's going to work. I think Steve Kerr, Steph, Draymond, I think D'Angelo Russell, I think they're all too smart to not figure out how to make this work. I think he might not reach 21 points a game, but I do think his efficiency will go up. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a career high in assists and career high in three-point percentage because Steph and Draymond are going to get him great looks and vice versa. One of Steph's first threes was off a dish from D'Angelo Russell the other night. One of the things that they lost, it's really been looked at with uh, Andre and Sean and KD is their perimeter defense, which obviously 
is a major loss. And D'Angelo Russell, uh, even if he really turns around his perimeter defense, will probably never reach the levels of those three as far as perimeter defense goes. But one of the things they lost is ball handling with those three. D'Angelo Russell is a great ball handler. You need multiple ball handlers on the floor because if you only have one, you get it out of the one playmaker's hands, one ball, ball handler's hands, then no one else can do anything. No one else can create for anyone else. So that's going to be a major plus for D'Angelo Russell as well. First preseason game, not super encouraging. But again, it's the first preseason game. Steve Kerr did say something a little interesting in uh, one of his availabilities that, you know, D'Angelo Russell needs to play himself into shape. And some, (laughs) a certain writer at The Athletic basically has written off D'Angelo Russell because of that, because of that one thing. Where another one said basically, you know what, he's 23 and just signed a $100 million contract. He says, I'm worth nine digits now. So maybe allow the 23-year-old that summer to uh, maybe get a little fat and happy. But I'm not worried about it. Again, if he has to play himself into shape in the preseason, that's not a big deal. A lot of people do that. Draymond Green took um, three-fourths of the season to play himself into shape last year. And, you know, this writer wasn't bashing Draymond at all. So I'm intrigued. It's different. It's going to look different. It's going to have to look different for it to work because it's just not the same players who all basically speak this language of Warriors basketball the last five years, of speaking the language of setting screens for people to come off of to shoot threes, you know, Clay knowing where the screen's going to be, or defensively, everyone knowing where to be uh, at all times or when to switch. So it's going to look different. It's going to have to look different for it to work. But I do trust the players and the coaches to figure it out, specifically in the case of D'Angelo Russell, because he's the biggest uh, biggest piece that needs it to be different, if that makes sense. And if it doesn't, then I've done my job. Thank you guys so much for listening to Locked on Warriors. I'll be back later this week with another episode of Locked on Warriors on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.